Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. and would turn with me into the word of the Lord to the book of Malachi. You know, every time an apostolic preacher announces that he's going to preach from the book of Malachi, everybody grabs their pocketbook. They get to thinking that he's going to preach on tithe. You know, there's more verses in there in the book of Malachi than that, but that's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. And if I feel to, we'll just read on down to it because it's right here in the third chapter. But uh, I'm going to start with verse 6. matter of fact, I'm only going to read verse 6. It simply says in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. I am the Lord, I change not. I want to just speak for a few minutes tonight from this subject, God's greatest attribute, God's greatest attribute or the greatest attribute of God, however you want to term it, but I want the Lord to help us in the next few moments. Would you, would you put your Bibles aside and lift up your voice with me and let's pray that God would have his way in the remainder of our time together. Jesus, we thank you, God, for your word. It's already anointed. I pray that you'd anoint your servant tonight and also these that are gathered here to hear from the Word of God. Pray that you would bless, you would help, you would strengthen God, you would nurture us through your Word. We thank you, God, for the power that is in your Word. And I'm praying, God, that you would move in our midst. We thank you in Jesus' name. Would you give praise to the Lord right now? Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for standing, and you may be seated. We use the cliche when we're describing somebody that knows a little bit about a lot of things, but probably is not an expert on any one thing, and that is we say that they are a jack of all trades and a master of none, implying that they know enough to get by, uh, working and uh, being around folks that worked in maintenance and those kinds of things, it's, it's good to have that ability to know a little bit about everything. The furnishings of your home, if you're going to make repairs, if you're going to, to work on certain things that are, uh, you know, you don't want to call in a repairman because a repairman can make a lot of money just coming to your house for something very simple. I'm reminded of the joke, and you've probably heard it, of the plumber that went to work at the doctor's house. And when he handed him the bill after only being there for an hour, the doctor said to the plumber, he said, I'm a doctor, and I don't make that kind of money. He said, yeah, when I was a doctor, I didn't make that kind of money either. So it's possible to be a jack of all trades and a master of none. And uh, that is the one, one of the plights of humanity is that people are usually 
if they are exceptional at something, it's, it's usually just one thing. If you're going to be an expert at something, it takes a lifetime of commitment to that one thing. And in fact, when we think of people that are great in and out of the Bible, we, we usually can use one word, or one word brings that person's name to mind. When you think of David, I, I could take a poll in this audience here tonight, and if I was to mention certain biblical names, and certainly when we would say David, one word would emerge. And there are several other things that you could mention that David was, was given to and that David was a part of, but there is one thing that emerges and comes to the top, and that is praise. For David was a man that said, one thing have I desired of the Lord. And that will I seek after. The Apostle Paul said, this one thing I do. This one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. Indicating that if you're going to to do something for God, there's some things that you're going to have to disallow. There's some things that you're going to have to prioritize. There's some things that you're going to have to uh, dismiss from your life and say, I'm going to focus on these things. Just thinking about certain greats that when we, we think of them, uh, when we think of music, we think of Mozart. Uh, when, you, when you say the word Mozart, you don't, you don't think of other things. You think of music. When you, when you say Benjamin Franklin, you think of the founding or the first American and the founding of this nation, but you also think of electricity. Uh, when you think of Edison, you think of the light bulb. When you think of Gutenberg, you think of the printing press and so on. We could go down the list and it's the same in Scripture. It's the same in the Word of God. When you think of uh, Nehemiah, we mentioned him this morning, you think of a wall builder. That's the thing that emerges in your mind. When you think of Simon Peter, you think of the Pentecostal message on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, preaching what the Lord had given to him to preach. And that message still lives on today. So there's certain things that you think of that these folks have focused on and given themselves to. But you know God is unlike you and I. God is not bound by the same limitations that you and I are bound by. But God is a complex being and he is fully capable of a variety of attributes. He is fully capable of a variety of characteristics at the same time. It's always amazed me in, in a Pentecostal atmosphere. I'm talking about when the service is red hot, how that there will be some person over here and they're weeping in the presence of the Lord, and God is dealing with them, obviously, in a very deep way. And then right across the building, there's somebody that's rejoicing and shouting, and uh, the Lord is moving on them and giving them victory. But in the same building, in the same presence of the Lord, there's two different things, two different needs. You know, I know that that sometimes we, we focus on certain things, and we we even... Uh, focus on 
certain things in certain services, saying this is what we're directing our prayers towards or our focus upon. But you know really God is able to move in a multifaceted way. Anytime His people come together in faith and they begin to be obedient to the Word of God and do what the Word of God expects of us, when we do our part, He is more than willing to do His part. Amen. He can answer prayers. He can heal the sick. Amen. He can encourage those that are discouraged. He can give direction to those that are confused. It doesn't matter what the need is. God is able to meet that need and able to work in so many different ways. And that's unlike, that's unlike other gods of this world. Little g. In fact, in the study of ancient religions, it reveals that the Egyptians and then the Babylonians had many gods. However, most of these gods, they would go to them for specific reasons. In other words, they had one dimension to their personalities. And they could only be considered uh, when there was the need for a certain response. They were only prayed to or worshipped or sacrificed to when there was the need for a certain thing. And outside of that sphere of influence, there was no faith that that God could do anything. Yet God delights in responding to you and I in all types of different ways. Whatever need arises in our life, whatever situation that we're confronted with, whatever thing that opposes us, we've got a God that is great enough and is powerful enough to meet and to minister to those needs. And that is what makes him godlike. I said that is what makes him godlike. That's what sets him apart from all the gods, little g's of this world, is that he is able to move in my life and whatever need that I have, I can have confidence when I go to him. I may have never came up against this before. I may have never known what it is to pray about this before and have this need before. I may find myself in a place that I never found myself before in. But I can tell you, God is not caught off guard. God is there to minister to me. God is able to work in those situations. Hallelujah. So I just want to, I want to talk about some of the attributes and characteristics of my God. First of all, and and I've already gave you a little prelude to it here tonight, He is unique. How many knows our God is unique? There is nobody else like the Lord our God. Isaiah chapter 46 and verse 5 says, To whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me? That We may be like. Who are you going to compare me with? I'm equal to nobody or nobody is equal to me. Amen. You can't liken me or compare me to anybody else. You know, a lot of times we do comparison analysis when we're going to we're going to purchase something. We're going to buy into something. We're going to commit ourselves to something. I mean, most of you know what it is uh, that if you're going to purchase a new automobile, you, you go and try the different products out in the style that you're looking for or the one that meets your need. You, you know that you need a, a, a vehicle that, that can transport this many persons, and so you go and you begin to look 
and uh, there's, there's a certain gas mileage and maybe there's some other utilities that you need uh, in an automobile and that's what you look for. And so you begin to compare and you read consumer reports and all of those kinds of things and you ask around and you find out what the reputation is. And isn't it amazing sometimes vehicles and manufacturers can receive a reputation because uh, there's a defective part or there's something that this vehicle has a reputation for doing that after a certain many miles are placed upon it that you can expect this to go wrong or that to happen. Oh, aren't you thankful that God, the more that you journey with Him, the more that you walk with Him, the more that you travel with my God, amen, He proves Himself oh, effective in every situation. There is no defects. There's no, there's no design. There's nothing, amen, in the makeup of God that you can point to and find fault with. But every part of Him is good. Every part of Him is great. Every part of Him is awesome. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. When you compare it to what you used to be and where you used to go and who you used to be, when you compare it with the world and what the world has to offer and the substitutes of sin, I'm so thankful I got the Holy Ghost tonight. I'm so thankful that I have a revelation with Jesus. Amen. I have a revelation of how powerful and how great that he is. Oh, let's give him a little praise right now. He's unique. He's unique. Doesn't matter what opposition comes against us. I find many instances in the Word of God where His people were confronted with things that they had never faced before. But that did not affect God and His power. That did not decrease or diminish His abilities in any way. There's, there is uh, uh, places in the Word of God where we, we understand that that Israel was confronted with, with situations where it looked like there was absolutely no way out. When God got ready to deliver them out of Egypt and that first Passover took place and the death angel passed through the land and every firstborn of the house of the Egyptians was taken where the blood was not applied upon the door of that house. And we, we understand that the Lord, uh, the Bible tells us that the Egyptians thrust them out with a mighty hand. But God was not through working because Pharaoh has the propensity of changing his mind. We see it throughout the plagues. He, he is always vacillating back and, back and forth. And so when they get on the outskirts into the wilderness and they're right there at the Red Sea, they look behind them. And Pharaoh and all of his army is coming after them. But you know, what looked like a devastating situation was actually in the plan of God. Because God didn't want just to turn them loose. He wanted to destroy their enemies so that they could never bring them under captivity again. Oh, there's something to be understood about that. I'm going to tell you, God is able to bring victory in the people's lives so, so that you don't ever have to return to that same thing. You may fight other battles, but you can have this testimony until you reach the grave or until Jesus comes to receive you in his arm. I'm telling you, you can have, you can have this testimony that God delivered me on that date at that time and I never turned back to it. I never had an appetite for it. I never went back to doing that. 
Amen. And that is one of those enemies uh, that Israel never wrestled with again. Come on, don't tell me God is not able to deliver. Don't tell me that God is not able to help you to overcome. Don't tell me you got to wrestle with things for years and years and years and years. Come on, accept it. Get it under the blood. Have faith in Jesus Christ. Let him give you the victory. You know what the problem is? Sometimes we try to help God out. you got to have faith in God. You, that's your part. That's all you can do is put it in the hands of God. But when you put it in the hands of God and you yield to his will, God will give you victory over it. Hallelujah. That's, that's absolutely right. And so they're surrounded. On, on one side is the Red Sea. Behind them is Pharaoh's army. They look over to the left, and, and there is a massive swamp, wilderness, marshy land that is there. And beyond that is a military outpost uh, that uh, the Bible tells us was there. And then on the right side, they can see very clearly that uh, there is mountains that have them closed in. And so there is nowhere for them to turn. They're totally 100% surrounded by obstacles. But that is exactly where the Lord wanted them to be. I'm going to tell you, when you got problems, you're in an ultimate position for God to move in his power and to give you, amen, a miracle. You're in a optimal position for God to work in a, in a way that you've never seen him work before. If you've got situations in your life that you've never encountered before, it's a good place for the supernatural to take place in your life. Oh, yes. You, you'll never know him as a miracle if you've never had any crushing problems and situations that have came against you. You'll never know him as a healer if you've never been sick. You'll never know him to be a deliverer if you've ever felt opposition in your life. You, you've never been captivity to anything. But God is able to work if we'll allow him to work in our lives. Hallelujah. Praise God. And the Bible says that the Lord told Moses, first of all, he said, stand still. And I've always read this and been a little confused about it, to be honest at times. It says, he said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And then in just a verse or two later, it says, and go forward. Now, which is it? We stand still or we go forward? What that, in essence, if you really study it out, is conveying there is is certainly there's times when you got to stand in your faith and not go back, not yield any ground to the enemy, not allow anything that you have received and that you have obtained to slip from you. The Bible says to give the most earnest heed to the word of the Lord, lest at any time we should let it slip from us. It's so easy to lose your grip on things when trouble comes, when the pressure's on, when 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 you're you're in the midst of the situation. But he said, You you hold the ground you got, and when I give you the signal, you go forward from here. You're not going back to Egypt. You're not going to look back. I'm gonna tell you it's not the will of God that anybody backslide. It's not the will of God that anybody go back. It's not the will of God that anybody decrease. Matter of fact, it's the will of God that everybody be on the increase. The Bible says that he is an exceeding and abundant God who is able to do above all that we ask or think. 
Amen. I'm going to tell you whatever he did for you in times past, he wants to do more for you now. Hallelujah. So you shouldn't be on the decline. You should be on the increase. Your prayer life should be getting stronger. Your worship should be more intense. Your desire for God should be increased. Your appetite for God should be stronger. You shouldn't be growing colder and more indifferent and, and more uh, inconsistent in your relationship with God and, and lagging and, and saying, well, I'm just old battle-worn saint and I've been through so much. I'm going to tell you, with every battle that you won, it ought to make you stronger. You ought to have greater faith now than you've ever had. You have a greater determination than you've ever known. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm not backing up, giving up, throwing in the towel. None of that. That's never Cross my mind. I'm going to do what God wants me to do in this hour. Hallelujah. Come on. It's time for the church to be on the increase. We're not going down. We're on the rise, folks. I said we're on the rise. There's greater things ahead. There's more potential for us. There's more promises to be fulfilled. My God, there's more prayers to be answered. There's more lives to be changed. There's more miracles that we can obtain. Come on, give him some praise right now with all of your heart. Come on, there needs to be a greater fire burning in you. A greater determination within you. There needs to be a greater desire in you. If you've been living for God very long, you ought to have something boiling over on the inside of you. You should be like the psalmist David who said, I will bless the Lord at all times and His praise shall continually, continually, continually be in my mouth. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Let's worship the Lord. Let's give some praise to the Lord. Come on, you don't have to wait until this service concludes. You can get a miracle right now. You can get a prayer answered right now. You can get victory right now. You can get what you need from God right now. Promises can be fulfilled right now. Lives can be changed right now. Renewing can come to someone right now. Revival can come to somebody's spirit right now. God can encourage someone. God can uplift someone. God can pull somebody up right now. Come on, reach up to him right now. Let him pull you up. Let him strengthen you. Let him encourage you. Let him bless you right now. Oh, yes. Come on, if you feel the Holy Ghost, I want you to get out in that aisle and make your way with your hands waving. Give him a wave offering as you come. Give him praise as you make your way right now. Come on, I feel something shaking. I feel something breaking loose. I feel like walls are coming down. Prison doors are opening. Chains are falling off. Lives are going to be impacted. People are going to be changed in this place. Come on, don't let what you see right now with your eyes affect your faith. Don't let you don't let your feelings affect your faith. Don't let what
what you hear from others affect your faith. Have faith in God.